This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. Salespeople, comfort consultants, project consultants, or whatever you call your team members who sell. How do you ensure that they are productive, sell profitably, don't burn leads, keep planning? My guest today, Eric Lofholm, has had a great sales career and even rarer, a successful career as a sales trainer. I found out about his latest book, Continuous Sales Improvement, from an email I received from the publisher of my books, The Courage to be Profitable and Profit or Wealth. I immediately ordered Eric's book and found it down to earth and practical. I've already recommended it to many of my clients and I'm thrilled to have him as my guest today. Eric, welcome to Contractor Sense. Ruth, I am excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Ah, my pleasure. I love the book. All right, you can't tell, can you? Awesome. (laughs) So the thing that really struck me about it was you don't talk about it as a sales training one-off type thing. You really call it continuous sales improvement. So why don't you explain what continuous sales improvement is to our audience? Well, when I started in sales, I struggled like so many. I was the bottom producer at my company, and I was told I had one more month to hit quota after being the bottom person for an entire year, and I received professional coaching at that point, hit the quota the next month, and then the following month, did five times quota. I became the top producer in my division, and what I learned from that experience is that selling is a learned skill. Well, that was back in the early 1990s. So now I've had a 25 plus year career uh, earning a living in selling and I've had some really great success. And I thought, what has been the key to my success? And it's it really comes down to mindset. And the mindset is that I've never arrived. I'm always getting better. <clears throat> Part of mastery is we're always the student. And so I've lived the philosophy of continuous sales improvement. And that's probably been the most important thing I've done in my career that's allowed me to have a a very high level of success. Yeah. And you talk about it in the book. It's like just, you know, 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day working on selling. And that really works, doesn't it? Well, what we get into there is micro improvements. So if, if you look at your fingernails right now and you try and look at them growing you can't see them growing but we know they're growing because every once in a while you need to clip your fingernails so when you work on your skills like for even as little as 15 minutes you're getting a little bit better you probably can't see it like your fingernails but you're getting a little bit better and the ideas start compounding on themselves so if you'll work on your skills a little bit at a time and every once in a while maybe do a full day seminar or read an entire book But if you just work on your skills a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, over time, it starts adding up. And that's what I've done since the early 1990s, is I've just continuously small amounts of time working on the skills, and ultimately that got me to an elite skill level, and that is totally duplicatable. Any of your listeners could do that. Well, they should do that. How about not can do it? (laughs) Yeah, they should. It's really up to them. It's a choice. Yeah, I know. You know, 
it's a choice that anybody listening right now could make. And I think what happens for a lot of people is they don't really think about, well, could 15 minutes really make a difference? You know, would watching a five minute YouTube video, would that really make a difference? And my answer is yes, it makes a difference. And uh, when you have that mindset, it's very motivating to keep working on your skills. And uh, in this upcoming year, I'm going to continue to work on my skills. I've got my whole coaching plan set up where I'm receiving coaching. I have two coaches that I'm personally being coached by next year to get to improve my skills even more. Yeah. I mean, I think the the message that you want to share that we want to share is you know, every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. um, every little bit that you do to work on your sales skills really and truly does help. Now, when you, I mean, you obviously had the motivation to do this, you know, is there a place you can go, a place you can look? Um, and how do we know when somebody's interviewing for a sales position, they have the motivation to do what you did? Yeah, well, probably the, the most important thing to do in an interview is talk to them about their track record. Um, human beings do things in patterns. So tell me about your previous experience in selling. Um, if you want to, along the lines of our conversation here, you know, is there anything you've done in your career to better your sales skills? You know, listen into what their answers are. What are your favorite sales books that you enjoy reading? And, and see if they have that type of a mindset. Um, as far as somebody who is already in sales that wants to develop this type of mindset, for me, it really is about vision. It's seeing yourself in the future and what you're wanting to become. And for me, it required that I keep working on my skills for what my vision, my goals, and my dreams were. Yeah. All right. So where'd you come up with the hundred year plan? Just curiosity more than anything else. <laughs> uh, I got that from um, Les Brown's son, John Leslie. And uh, he and I were talking one day and he started talking to me about this hundred year plan. And I had never heard of that before. And, you know, likely if you're listening to this right now, a hundred years from now, you're probably not going to be alive. I'm 51. I don't plan on living to 151. Why but, not? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just not my, uh, it's not my belief system that that's how long I'm going to live. But some people believe that that's what they're going to do. And if they do awesome. Um, but the idea is to think far into the future and you can anticipate likely events that are are predictable like my children i have four kids and they're likely going to get married and have kids and those kids are going to get married and have kids over the course of 100 years you can see a lot of things that you wouldn't normally see if you didn't think like that so anyway it came from uh, from john leslie les brown's son so we want to have a 100 year goal for our sales career well the idea is that if you think 100 years into the future and to my point, like I, I don't anticipate that I'm going to live past 100. So now I have to think about what's happening in the world after I'm no longer here. And where my brain goes is my kids, my kids, kids, my kids, 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 my kids, 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 kids. kids, kids. <laughs> and so I started thinking about the money that I want to pass on to them. And I started thinking about how I want to create a legacy with my family. And uh, I started thinking about these future kids that are going to be born after I'm no longer here and thinking about them. That's where my brain went. Now, it's up for all of you to decide if you want to think in terms of a 100-year plan and see what shows up for you as you think 100 years into the future. Yeah, mine was a 45-year plan when I was 55. 
to a hundred. <laughs> okay. That's very rare. Most people don't think in decades that that yeah. is a very rare thing. And something I encourage all of you listeners to do yeah. is to think in decades. Most people think five years into the future or less in my experience. Yeah. Um, I, I look at it because of, of, of where I am more so than anything else. Okay. Before we take a break, if somebody wants to contact you, where do they reach out to you? Um, I'm the only Eric Lofholm on planet earth. So if you just Google Eric Lofholm and if you're a Twitter person or if you're an Instagram or a Facebook, or if you want to get on my, my mailing list on my website or just ericlofholm.com, I'm the only Eric Lofholm Facebook, however you like to connect with people, connect with me in that way. Sounds great. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the Rubber Duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the Rubber Duck Dives into Financials. That's R-O-N-A-N, the rubber duck dives into financials. Let me know if I made financials fun for you. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm speaking with Eric Lawholm, the author of Continuous Sales Improvement, or CSI as he calls it. And before the break, we talked about vision and making sure you spend 15 minutes a day working on your sales and your scale skills and it will make you a better salesperson, just like when your fingernails grow. Love that analogy. All right. So one of the other things in the book that I really and truly loved was Eric's way of looking at goal setting. It is not your typical way of looking at goal setting. So he has a 10-step goal setting process that he has graciously agreed to share with us. So Eric, the floor is all yours. Well, I went to a Brian Tracy seminar uh, many, many years ago, several decades ago, and he taught all thousand of us, his seven-step goal-setting process, which I found very enlightening. I'd never thought about goal-setting as a process. And so I took his seven-step process. I looked at Tony Robbins' process, Napoleon Hill of Think and Grow Rich, and any other documented goal-setting process that I could find. And I took the best and left the rest and created my own 10-step goal-setting process, which is in the book, but I'll go through it right now. Step one, think about what you want and write it down. Step two, decide exactly what you want and write it down. Step three, look at your goal and make sure it's measurable. Step four, identify the reasons why you want your goal and write them down. Step five, decide on an exact date you want to accomplish your goal and write it down. Step six, make a list of action steps to accomplish your goal and write it down. Step seven, create a plan from your list of action steps and write it down. Step eight is to take action. Step nine is to do something every day. And step 10 is to view, visualize, and speak your goals daily. So it's a step-by-step -step process, connect the dots for goal-setting success. And it's something that if you study it, it'll get you a little bit better with your goal setting. And that's the whole concept of continuous sales improvement, micro improvements. Every micro improvement counts and it makes a difference. The pattern of a breakthrough is we learn, we learn, we learn, we learn, and then we have a breakthrough. So every little thing you learn, it gets you one step closer to that breakthrough that we're all looking for. Yeah. And you're, and, and you're absolutely right with respect to that. You just keep going until 
the dam finally bursts. I mean, I, I've had, I've worked with one um, <clears throat> maintenance salesperson who supposedly was really good. It turned out he really was. And he did all the right behaviors and he did all the right things and nothing major was happening. You know, he kept filling the, the pipeline and filling the pipeline and filling the pipeline. About six months into it, that dam just burst. And he never sold less than a million dollars in maintenance a year after that. I wow. mean, it was amazing. It was, you know, but it, you're right. Every little bit helps. And one day that pipe is going to burst. The dam's going to burst and it's going to happen. Just takes time and, and I guess persistence, right? It's persistence and it's faith. <laughs> it's having faith and trusting and believing in continuous sales improvement that, hey, if I keep working on my skills, like on your podcast right now, your listeners, if you just keep listening to Ruth's podcast. And every time you listen, you're going to get a little bit better. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have a breakthrough. And then you keep listening and you keep, you know, you read the books and you hire a sales coach and you keep getting better. And boom, you have a breakthrough. And then this concept that expands to all areas of your life. It expands to your relationship with your spouse. If you're married, your relationship with your children, it expands to your health, your wealth building. There's an opportunity for all of us to just keep getting a little bit better. And then our life keeps getting better and better and better. And you can turn your life into a masterpiece. Right. Continuous sales improvement, CSI, a little bit every single day. Right. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely it. All right. So let's talk about some of your successes. And I'm not necessarily talking about you personally, but you've also, in addition to becoming a super salesperson, you've actually been able to become a super sales coach which is unusually because generally the really, really good salespeople make lousy coaches and lousy managers. So mm -hmm. what have you done? How have you transitioned and how are you in a situation and, and to help people and, and tell us how you've helped them? Well, I was a good coach before I became great at sales. Okay. So, and coaching is part of my natural gifting. So I, I didn't go to coach school. I don't have a teaching credential. I just knew intuitively what to do. And everyone that's listening right now, you also have natural gifts and talents. So I knew how to teach people. And then I got really, really strong in sales. And then it was just like, oh, I'll just apply selling to my natural <laughs> gifting. Um, yeah. One of my greatest students ever, his name is Shay Brown, C-H-E, Shay Brown. You guys can Google him. And he is one of the top speakers in the world today He's generated millions and millions of dollars with my ideas. And uh, when Shay came out to train with me, he was really struggling. And back then it was not virtual. We, we you had to train in person. So Shay flew out to California to train with me and I was teaching him initially. And it was like the karate kid where he didn't like the way I was teaching him. And if you remember <laughs> wax on wax off from the karate yep. kid. And so I was sharing with him these, these certain things I wanted him to do. And, and he eventually embraced it. And uh, Shay has gone out and he's a, a master of CSI and he's gone out and just done amazing things. And now he's a professional speaker. And, and like I said, he's generated millions and millions of dollars in revenue. One other quick example is a gentleman named Rick Silva, who's a land salesman. He does land banking. And I taught him how to script out his presentation and he mastered his presentation like a, um, a, a famous rock musician like Billy Joel going on tour city after city after city doing a, a phenomenal concert. Well, he mastered 
his land banking presentation. He had two versions of it, a webinar and a one-on-one phone presentation. And last year, he and his wife combined made over $700,000 in one year. And it was due to mastering a sales presentation. So he applied continuous sales improvement to the point where he, he just worked at it until he mastered it. Most people's sales presentation is mediocre. They just don't put the time in to get really, really good. Well, he put the time in to master it. Yeah. I mean, you can't be off the cuff until you've absolutely mastered what you know. And most people, they just don't have that mindset. They just, they just go in and wing it for a variety of reasons. And they've, likely just never been professionally trained and had somebody like me plant the seed of them. Cause if you think about it logically, if you're delivering a repetitive presentation, like in Rick's case, his land banking presentation, doesn't it make sense to master the presentation, right? Yeah, logically no it does. Yeah. But if you've never thought of it like that, you just keep going in and winging it, which is unfortunately what most people do. So um, Rick chose to master it and he's, you know, making, an incredible, incredible sum of money on an annual basis. Sounds good. All right, Eric, final thoughts. As far as recommendations or whatever you want to say for final thoughts, it's fine with me. (laughs) Here's my final thought. And it has to do with optimism. So when it comes to sales mindset, it's very common for me to get on a coaching call with somebody and they'll say, Eric, I'm not good at closing or I'm not good at referrals, or I'm not good at prospect, or I'm not good at Facebook, or I'm not good at fill in the blank. And they're speaking as if it's a fixed mindset. Mindsets are not fixed, they're flexible. So instead of saying I'm not good at closing, say I can get good at closing, or I can become great at closing, or I can master closing. And you can take out closing, put in referrals. I can get good at referrals, great at referrals, I can master referrals. If you apply CSI to any skill set that you're not currently good at, you could develop the skill set to mastery just like Rick Silva. So it's a mindset of optimism. Optimism is a learned skill. It's not that we're born with, you could be born optimistic, but the point is this, anybody can learn how to be optimistic. It's a muscle like going to the gym, lifting weights. You get around people like me, get around people like Ruth, and all of a sudden you start thinking in a more optimistic way. So be open to the possibility that optimism is a learned skill. Agreed. Eric, thank you so much. And if you want to reach Eric, just Google him, go to his website, Eric Lofholm, L-O-F-H-O-L-M, or Twitter him or tweet him, not Twitter him, tweet him, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome, Ruth. And I acknowledge all of you listeners for investing this time to get a little bit better today. Great job. All right, Eric, you too. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.